Hello there, and welcome to this Irrational Passions review discussion of Kenna Bridge of Spirits on the Irrational Passions pot that Irrational Passions presents feed. Uh, my name is Quinn Hoffman, and I will be your host for this discussion. I am joined by the reviewer, Mike Burgess. Mike! Hello, good, Quinn. Bro. It's been quite a time since we've done one of these. It I'm has. Looking, I'm looking forward to talking about Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Um, also, also... You know, this like you said, it's on the Irrational Passions Presents feed. But also mm-hmm. going forward for these, we're gonna try and do these a little bit more often. Uh we're gonna I'm gonna do a video version of it on our YouTube, youtube.com slash irrational passions. Oh, so you can check it out there. That's crazy, Mike. That's right. And if you like if you like stuff like I've done for our Nintendo show, it's similar mm-hmm. to that. Um editing wise. So yeah, feel free to go over there and check that out. If and you please. if you're into that. But also, you can listen to it in a podcast. So that's mm-hmm. fine too. And please just admire all the cool shit Mike makes for Nintendo Land. <laughs> really fucking knocks it out of the park. But yeah, but, but now, that's not what we're here to talk about. Mike. That's right. We're here to talk about a Sony video exclusive video game. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's drop yeah, it. Yeah, that'll that'll happen. Uh, yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. I'll, I'll put a count. Um, I'll put a counter as phone phone drop phone cam thank drop counter. <laughs> behind the curtains my webcam was not being furtive yeah so it's, there's it's, a lot of hoops that yeah, we're jumping so you, through you've, this, you've, uh, re- you've recently moved so you're you're f- not fully optimal setup which is totally fine no yeah it's not it's uh, you know so you know bear with it but we wanted it, we wanted to do it, it. we just we wanted to do this mm-hmm. get back um, into a groove it, of doing this kind of stuff again so work in progress <laughs> As 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 we say that, yeah, I can't hear you at all. Uh, hello. Okay, there there you are. <laughs> okay, so I need to have the tab open. That's what that tells me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could. Yeah. You so just went out. let me adjust my tabs because this is gonna be funny. Okay, so this is great. This is not a big start, Mike. Um, so obviously we're here to talk about Ember Labs' um, first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Am I saying that right? Kenna? Yes. Yeah. They it? they say okay. they say it kind of like Kena Bridge of Spirits. That's how yeah. they or Kena. Uh, that's usually how they ref- and it's like kind of pronunciated in the game. So that's kind of what I'm going with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because um, this is a game that I mean you were talking about earlier today. I had literally had no idea what the hell this game was about. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I read like just a review. I'm like, oh, okay, I can kind of understand what it is. Right. But for the folks who don't know, can we just get a basic elevator, like a top-level elevator pitch on this? Yeah, so like you said, Kingdom Bridge of Spirits is like basically Ember Labs' studio. It's their first game. They came, their background is in like, they've done like a bunch of like high, highly well-produced like animation. They're like an animation studio. Um, and that's kind of all they've done. And they just kind of decided to start uh, making games. And then they basically made... This game is it's the first one. Uh, it's exclusive to PlayStation 5, but it's also on PC. I think it's on the Epic Game Store on PC. Um, yeah, and it's it's their first game. It's kind of a third-person action game. It's it's in a lot of ways of the game a, a game I I didn't expect it to be the game it was. Honestly, we'll get we'll get more into why that is. But yeah, base level, you know, it's a third-person action game. Uh, you play as Kana, and she is like a spirit guide, essentially, and she's come to like she's basically following in her father's footsteps uh, as she's come to this kind of village that's like next to this mountain shrine where like spirits basically pass on 
into the afterlife. So yeah. she's kind of like on this journey of like kind of, you know, her own personal journey to become like kind of following her footsteps, follow, excuse me, following her father's footsteps, become like a spirit guide. And, you know, that goes into a whole plot of there, the, the town's corrupted and there's like other evil things going on. And there, she's meeting spirits along the way that like aren't having their own challenges of being able to pass on because of all the things that went down and you're kind of seeing all of this through her eyes, essentially. Yeah. And I think from what I heard of the game, it's very much of heard it described as a PS one and 64 style. platform. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen that. I've seen that comparison uh, uh, thrown around a lot too. And it, it is, I, I definitely, I definitely see why that's been compared. Like to me, this is what, I think what the game feels like to me, which is just, this is a weird, gonna be a weird way to describe it. So come along, come along on this ride with me. But basically, it, it feels like in some alternate reality, uh, Kana was like, you know, a PS2 GameCube era like platforming star, like a Jack and Dexter, like those games that came out way, way long ago. Like in an alternate reality, like her, a game starring her came out way back then and was super popular and then just kind of disappeared. Right. And then this game feels like they're like essentially like bringing her into a modern era of a new video game. If that makes sense. Where like, even though it's like an entirely new unique game, cause like there's a lot of old school gaming, like old school, like video game kind of design elements in here. of Like it's kind of third person action. There's some platforming, a lot of the puzzle solving um, definitely has some Zelda elements to it for sure. Um, but also it but also it feels in that way like those kind of old school like platformers of that era on the PS2 side, like your Jack and Dexter one and your and your like not necessarily Ratchet and Clank, but like maybe like some Sly Cooper-ish type stuff. But it feels like a modern take on what those games could be like today because the game is kind of it's like not fully open world, but there is kind of it's like one singular map that you're going around. And it's, but it's kind of segmented in a way, like kind of, it kind of reminds me of something like God of War, how it's like the maps laid out, but not like, it's not as like delineated as God of War. Cause like God of War was like blatant, like Kratos walks up to a rock and picks it up and the, and they walk behind it. Then the camera pans, like this is more like traditional video game stuff of like, like a big, a big crazy stone door opens up and you did this puzzle and then you walk through and the like the door closing on it, but it's like clearly like going into a new area, or clearly like you get into an elevator and go into a different area. Like it, it definitely has some of that stuff. I think that's also because it is a it is is definitely been touted as a PS5 game, but it is on PS4 and PC, so it has it has to have some of those limitations in in mind being on that stuff. I think um You'd mentioned like the Jack and Baxter games, and I think, and even Zelda. I think two big points of those um, game design philosophies is the combat, right. puzzles. I know that there are those in this game. So if you want to elaborate on those, two as well. yeah, yeah, that's definitely like the two main things you'll be doing in this game: a lot of combat, uh, and a lot of puzzle solving to uh, interact with environments. A lot of also secrets to uncover. Um, <clears throat> and you have like skills you're unlocking as you go, but like it, it, but I mean, it pretty much takes like, you know, again, like the Zelda things come in with like some of the puzzle stuff 
and also like the main gameplay because like the two main upgrades you get um are a bow and arrow and a bomb <laughs> so like they're they're used there i will say like the bow itself is used in some puzzle aspects but like um they're they're pretty they're pretty standard fare of like oh you know it's like a blue like light based like it's not like an actual like traditional it's like using her like kind of like spirit powers because she's like has like these kind of like blue magical like spirit powers she uses so it's basically like she has like a staff that she like like when she uses it like basically like kind of pulls back like a like a bow would but then it makes like a magic like kind of like spirit bow so it's pretty cool um effects and very stylish looking in the game the game i should mention that like the game is very gorgeous of course i'll have like gameplay going while we're going here in the video version but it's very gorgeous game but yeah use the bow and arrow in like similar puzzle aspects of like you know there'll be crystals you have to shoot and light up in 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 a sequence um and there's like other stuff like that too of like in using it in combat um works a lot of more traditional games of like you can you know jump up in the air and and aim and it slows it kind of goes into a slow-mo effect where you can kind of aim it but also you can get like upgrades so you can just do that at any time and just like you know press a button while you're aiming down the site and it'll go into slow-mo so you can like kind of hit a a specific target on an enemy um so there's stuff like that um and then the bombs are the bombs are actually pretty cool and interesting um and that it's not just like kind of traditional like all right i throw it at this cracked wall blow up a thing and it go you go through it the bombs the base the bombs are basically used <clears throat> in combat they they treat them as because it's basically like a blue like goo bomb it's not like a traditional looking bomb oh. so you so like when you throw it onto an enemy it just latches onto them then you can like shoot it with a with a bow to explode it or she has like another ability which i'll get into because there's also like a like a pinkman style kind of characters you have with you that are like very yeah. very key to the gameplay as well. Um, you basically have like even in like Pinkman where you kind of have like your like ping to kind of attract them or make them do things. She has like a similar thing, but also acts like a shield. So she basically like, you hit a trigger and she like goes into like a shield to like block a, ma- a certain amount of attacks. But also it's, it sends like like a little shockwave out after you do it. So you can like set off the bomb that way too by like doing that shockwave. And if if the bomb's in that radius, it'll like explode where it is. Um, so it's a lot of different ways you can use it that way, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, but basically, uh, that's like the bomb into combat, but in puzzles, like basically you'll come across these like blue glowing kind of like destroyed rocks on the ground and they'll kind of have this blue glow on them. When you throw a bomb onto them uh, and explode it, it'll basically like make them like lift up into the sky and they'll become floating platforms uh-huh. and then it becomes like a little platforming thing. So there's like a lot of like, you know, things like that, where you'll like have to like shoot um you know you'll like let's say you have like a thing of water on drum and a bunch of racks are floating in the water you'll have to throw a bomb on it shoot them with a bow to get them to lift up and then you have to platform across like in the time that it gives you to like then like traverse further through and through an area or like you know they'd use it for like secrets and puzzle finding too of like oh i gotta like climb up this part of this building and there's rocks down there and i can shoot them and uh, make them float up with the bomb and then i have to like jump across them to like get to a chest or something like that um so like so I, I like that they didn't necessarily just use a bomb super traditionally like like you would expect to use here's it. this blue orb yeah so right. so i, I did um, appreciate that but like there's definitely a lot of like uh zelda um influences and in all and all of those things and even like some of like the general puzzles like the the, the main thing i we robert before like the kind of pinkman s stuff these like little furry creatures you're collecting throughout the whole game. They're called the rot and they're these little like black furry 
kind of creatures and they straight up act like and they're they they're pink they're like pinkmen in some ways and some not like you're not like individually controlling them they're just like a singular mass that you're kind of collecting as you go through the game and then they're used for like different things like of like hey you can you know there'll be like block puzzles where you have to like you know put the uh, tell them to like pick up a rock and pull it over here so you can jump up to a thing or you know stuff like that or um there's like these like little like blue seeds that you can attract them to and when they pick it up they become like this weird like serpent looking thing that you have to like kind of like you 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 like kind of control it and tell it to like go to these like corrupted like red plants that you can destroy um and usually clears paths to get through the areas you're going through or <clears throat> Some of them are for like collectibles and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's a whole bunch of stuff like that. It's like a weird mixture of using those like combat tools for puzzles and in combat, but also like the, the rotter, like a big thing you use. And it's, it's all very interesting, but it also like is pretty like traditional. Like it's, it's, it does feel like an old school video game in that sense. And it's it's cool that like I was going to say it's it's the quote unquote the standard fare, but mm-hmm. um, it's interesting how because um, I didn't knowing how the like, the bow and arrow and the rot and how the bomb like this, that explosive sticky substance interact with combat and outside of combat, I think gives it very much a like a very older Zelda feel. Right. Yeah. Way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that like we see those kind of design philosophies permeate outside of Zelda, like older Zelda games, and it's cool to see how it leaks and affects uh, in different ways. Yeah. And so we've, and I was gonna say, um, do you think that all these pieces really fit cohesively when you're doing like combat? Then you do a puzzle. Does it make sense of like, oh yeah, I'm doing this for combat? Like these, like this set of like styles with these, like these nouns, and versus using oh, I'm switching gears and using this, these nouns, these objects for right. puzzles. Is it is it is there a clear delineation between the two? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I definitely think so. Just because like the <clears throat> the the game the game is pretty pretty well structured, and now it's like <laughs> um, it kind of presents all of you these things to you because kind of the core conceit is like again you're going to this mountain shrine but in order to like get this you're kind of cleansing this like town that's like underneath the mountain that you're trying to get to and as you're going to these different areas because there's like i would say there's like the the town that's kind of like a acts as like a central hub but also like feeds into like later game uh stuff but outside of that there's like kind of like two major big areas you go to and like each area basically kind of starts off as you like getting one of these abilities and then like a lot of the things in the, in that particular area are like centered around those abilities and like teaching you how to use those abilities, uh, um, in, in puzzles and in combat, <clears throat> um, on top, on top of like, you know, there's a bunch of skill. There's like a whole skill tree that you unlock and like, as you like find collectibles or like do certain th- puzzles or like get more of the rot uh, creatures, um, you'll get like experience and like be able to level it up so you can, do more things with them um but i but i do think it, it feels pretty cohesive because everything like it makes sense when you like pull out a bow and, and use for things like the one thing that I said that took me a while to not realize but it made complete sense is i can 
when I first got the bomb, I'd throw the bomb and I would do that shockwave, not even realizing it's like, oh, I can just shoot my bow, bow and arrow at it and just shoot it with a bow shot and it explodes, explodes it on an enemy. Or you can even like time it so you can like shoot it out of the air and it explodes. So it's a lot of interesting like things like that. Also, like the bow also can act as like a grappling hook in some spots, which like it make uh. it make it makes sense because it's like the only thing you can shoot. So like it was one of those things where you just see these like these blue kind of yeah kind of like these kind of like blue glowing like flowers like kind of latched onto like surfaces like on a wall or like a ceiling, and you just see that the first time you're just like what the heck I, you know you don't really know what you can do with it so you just, you just try and shoot it because when you get into a certain distance you'll see it kind of like bloom and open up so it's like okay I'll oh, try okay. shooting it and then she just gets like grabbed and like kind of launched like once the shot hits you just get kind of grabbed and like launched in the, in the the direction it takes you. So, and um, Harp, going back to like this hub world thing, and you said how it's like segmented. Um, mm-hmm. I know I, I, I also read that this game has a chapter style campaign, quote unquote. Is that like, does that affect how the hub, what you call it, like unlocks and like things get gathered? Yes. So, like, area A leads you down this path, then oh, you go back to the hub, and then area B opens up because you did the thing. In area yes, a, you know yes, I mean? yeah, it is, it is definitely. There's definitely some pretty, there's definitely like the story drives that kind of everything. So there's like some linearity to it in terms of like uh, getting, getting to those areas. Like, you know, it's basically the thing, you know, the story conceit is like these spirits that you're trying to help pass on or have like gone into this area and have lost themselves and and have split into different parts. So you're kind of going into these areas and and like kind of collecting these pieces of them to like bring them back together so that they can kind of return to being a spirit i guess even though they're a, a, a spirit again that's in the world even though they're dead i'm not sure how you know they don't they don't really get too deep into that stuff you know it is it is kind of you know cartoony so like it doesn't really it definitely feels like an animated movie in that sense of like you just kind of you know it makes sense when you're kind of playing in the game, but then when you come out of the game and start thinking about these things, you're just like, wait, what? What's this? But there's not like a whole lot of that, but that's just, that's just one thing. But in terms and- of like, in terms of like, yes, like, you know, you, you first get to the hub after you do that little tutorial sequence that like shows you the hub, like kind of sets up a story premise. And then, you, and then you go to the first major zone and then there's three parts split. When you, when those split, you can go choose any of those three. but but like but it's still just like you have to do all those three to like kind of progress this this story main plot that's kind of going on and then go you come back to the hub then the next area opens then you go there and so on and so forth so like it is there is like a like a main kind of progression to it Mm. um and you noted the animation style yeah Mm. we mentioned it before but i this game has a like a quote unquote a not a um like a dreamworks like a pixar style animation yeah. to it and i think that's i think the look of this game is definitely like big thing when they have things like things on a whiteboard it's like oh yeah we need to make sure like the look and that's like circled yeah. and underlined and then everything else yeah. is playing around it's it's very it's very like it's very highly produced in terms of it being like an indie, indie developer first studio they've made like a, like and also like the the idea of their like them coming from making like animated films and stuff like that is very 
uh, very pleasant because like it's are very present because you because you even like anytime you like stop and take a look around in different environments in the game even though you are on pretty general linear paths there are points when it's like it, it does a really good job of like giving you an idea of where you are in the world in terms of like oh i i went through i went through this area and it's like there's like a little riverbed and there's like a broken <clears throat> broken bridge that went over the riverbed but then once i go up the hill and like climb up some stuff and i'm up on here jumping around i can look down off the thing and see that exact area i was in i obviously i can't go like down back into it because it is like a linear path and it does have like points where you like it's not like that open of open world but it is like a fully connected world and you can like see like it makes sense when you like what like adventure around this world and like get to points and see other parts of the world and, and you can always see like like the big mountain that like kind of the end goal you can kind of see from pretty much anywhere in the game which i think is cool and i just think like that kind of mentality very much shows of like that's like the animation of like having the very detailed and intricate world even even though it's like very linear <clears throat> making sure having all stuff that, that I definitely noticed that a lot and appreciated it. Yeah. Cause it, and knowing that it, that very much feels like a, a triple a experience, like thing, like, right. Oh, I can see every little like nook and goddamn detail on them. Like, yes. the things that I've seen already, I can like look back behind me and like, Oh, it's still there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yes. I've like, just like, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff like that, and even and even just like you know, oh, I get in, I go, uh, I'm like, I kind of went through this underground cave, and like went up to this elevator, and then went up the elevator out of the cave, and then being able to like see like when I was down there, I could see like a big turn wheel that's clearly the thing that like lifts the the elevator up, and then when I get out of the elevator, I can look back, and there's like a whole like system to see how the whole thing works, and like they took that time to like design all of that and make sure like it made sense. And there's just a whole lot of that in the game of like, it's there. It was very meticulously designed world. And I was pretty impressed by that. Cool that, um, that this is their first like game in some ways, because yeah. a lot of um, when we see games on a smaller scale that are labeled or labeled indie or independent, it's a very, this, there's, there's a lot of variation in the looks, mm -hmm. but this screams when you look at it straight off the bat of like, okay, this feels like the production value is way more than a typical, I would say, like, I would throw a game like Falcon Age or um, uh, like Hades, two indie games that I know have large bu budgets. Right. This Just feels like feels maybe like a whole other two scale. times or two time, three times the budget alone on compared yeah. to those yeah it, it definitely is very interesting to look at that because you just there's just there's like it just continues to muddy that water of like what is an indie game anymore because <laughs> like you have a game like this which is the first ever game from the studio and it it looks like you know it, it is pretty much being positioned as like you know how they marketed it as a first party sony game and like and, and like now having played through that whole game like i can totally see a future where a year from now like Amber Labs is a, is a Sony owned studio and they're making a first party studio game. Cause like this game has that quality level of quality. It'll be like, just be as just be one of those games. And that's, that's like crazy to, to think that like, this is their first game doing that. You know, they, I'm sure they, they got plenty of money from somewhere 
probably even Sony themselves because Sony was marking the crap out of this game, sharing it like in their big presentations for PlayStation Five and stuff. <clears throat> but then, yeah, and look, yet, there, there's just yeah, it's it's such a net indie games are such a weird nebulous thing now because you have like this and, something like Destiny is technically like an indie game, even though Bungie was under Activision for many years. You have Death Stranding, which is a Kojima game, but it's like all he's using the horizons of Sony first party studio, a game engine to make the game. You know, it's like they're all those are all independent studios, technically. And it's just it's just such a weird thing now. And this game like just adds to that of like this feels like a triple A game, but it is like fully indie studio on their making their first ever thing. It's it's and it's so funny, too, that it's this term of like indie independent has become so like incredibly nebulous. Yeah, it's funny. Like I typically call like I know personally. They like indie games are like if they've got like less than like 20 25 people then i'm gonna call it an indie game right if it's like if they have more than that and they have a budget of maybe 20 million plus and i'm just like ballparking that because i know making games are expensive right um, then it's like cool that's an independent studio versus right. you sure. know what i mean and there's like but there's all these particularities for people who in the industry or don't know things as well as me and you yeah, um, that it's like how do how is how do we as uh, people in the media and people who know things insiders quote unquote um, how how do we reciprocate these things because these are numbers and figures that don't get thrown a lot around to yeah. consumers um, yeah like what is this what is that, like, what are, yeah just like what is this what does any of this that stuff like mean anymore like um, and it's <laughs> interesting how this genre has blown up too because of it yeah yeah like or just the indie, this, the indie scene in general yeah it's like i would honestly call kenna or like anything that comes from bungie now like double a even sure, like yeah, yeah. things like to use um because i know you're such a big fan of remedy i would call those double a games yeah because they right. have the they have the size and scope and budget and team size of triple a games but they don't have only the Bethesda, the Microsoft. The yeah, Nintendo, they're, 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 they're that, not, like, right. Right. And I think, I think that's just some of it now too, of like, it's just some of these studios probably just go to those now. Cause like they, cause all those big, big studios are not necessarily studios, but just corporations just have money to give away for that kind of stuff. And if they can go, if you know, somebody like Ember labs can go like, here, look at this, look what we made. And they can go like, wow, that looks like as good as one of our video games. Here's a bunch of money. Like, you know, I'm sure that's, that's definitely some of it too. So it's just, it's just such a weird thing now. But, but at the end of the day, like, I'm glad, I'm glad something like this exists. Cause it's, it's a, it's a cool, it was a, it's a, it was a really, it's a really cool experience that I, that I had a lot of fun with um, kind of getting back into just like general stuff. I think like the thing that surprised me the most is just, yeah, again, that, that level of quality to the game um honestly i would say like um we talked a little bit about combat but i would say like this game's a lot more challenging than i thought it was going to be because it does have that kind of like cute sort of sort of like you know like you said like dreamworks kind of animated movie kind of look to it and like a lot of the like trailers up to this were like here's like the, the little rot characters and they're cute little creatures and then you get into like a combat and you can you can get your ass kicked pretty pretty quickly in some of these encounters especially in like when you get into like like some of the major boss battles and like you just you just have to be really 
it's definitely a thing of like you have to learn learn kind of encounters and learn fights and some of these some of these moments like learning the bosses like like some of the bosses straight up just felt like almost like dark souls bosses in some respects of just like learning you had to like actually try and learn some of their movements learn when like the right time to for you to attack is um you have limited healing capabilities like during combat because basically the the rot themselves are like we talked about in puzzle but they're also used in combat in terms of like um as you as you you were fighting you were basically like charging up like they're they're like they call like a courage meter which is like them being afraid to fight but then as you are like doing better in the fight they you charge up this meter and they can then do do certain actions and as you get more of those you get more and more actions and one of those things is they're basically in certain battlefields there's like these blue kind of flowers and you can direct them to like go to it and grabbing one of those heals you so like some some of those like encounters will only have like two of those in the arena so you have to make them work for a whole fight and it can be tricky um because those because like some of those bosses hit fucking hard and have like multiple like after you do a certain amount of damage they'll start doing more attacks or get more wild um and do a lot of stuff so like that's that's one thing i would throw out at this game about this game for sure is like like don't be fooled by it's like kind of like cartoony look like you, you you can get your ass kicked in it but there but there are difficulty settings i will say like i went into like the, the standard kind of difficulty and definitely towards the end i was getting i was i was getting pummeled but like by me through but there is like an easier difficulty but i think it's just called like story difficulty you see if you just want to do a story mode there's that and there's even like harder difficulties past that which i was kind of surprised by because i was yeah it's a challenging game uh from from a combat perspective i would say um <clears throat> there weren't too many puzzles I, that like stumped me super hard but they were like fun and interesting and, and this um this game is a such like you called it an, an experience i like i look at this game and i'm like this is a really cool experiment yeah yeah, I could see that like, for sure. Um, because because it does pull that line of like AAA quality in quotes. Which I think it's just that 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 in itself is a nebulous and like a whole different conversation, right? Um, but the fact that it's this team's first like game it shows. Yeah. I think. Do you? I think this will be a good like end stone for this conversation. Is do you, do you feel the team's ambition? ambition yes do more and like create something even cooler after this yes a hundred percent because like there's there's definitely a lot of unexplored ideas and things in this game um and it definitely does feel like it is kind of like a thing to not necessarily it doesn't it doesn't like set it up directly for like a sequel by you get to the end of the game but it definitely leaves it open and it definitely feels like a game that was like we're gonna we got this money probably from sony because they're the ones marketing it let's all let's let's you know go all out and show what we can do and then maybe maybe sony will let us give us more money to keep making games it definitely it definitely feels like that and like after playing through it i could totally see a scenario where again i think i said earlier of like a year from now ember labs is like a first party studio sony studio and they're making like kana 2 and then kana is just a, a sony game and that's like totally fine because like, I think this game can sit among any of those kind of tri- more recent AAA experiences I've had on a Sony console, like your God of Wars and your Horizons. Like if I think it is like that. Most importantly, Days Gone. 
and I think and I think like like that game can just just as much fit into that bar of quality, and like the, them being able to expand that this game's world, but also like it's more open world stuff. Like I think they could totally do that because like again like there is some like open ish worldish aspects to the game as it is now, but it is like kind of segmented. But like when you get into those segments, it, it is like there are open spaces to like walk around, explore and like giant open areas. But like also like but it is like sectioned like, you know, like the, the hub area is kind of its own area that and it's intricate and like all these like cool wooden houses. And you're as you're as you're like going in the other areas and getting collectibles and like kind of cleansing the land of all this like, you know, rotten red evil plants and corruption like you're like make you're like growing and making this hub even larger and that's and that's the same for all the other areas the two other i would say major areas as well um and i would say one of my favorite things actually in that in that sense that i've really liked was one of the collectibles are called spirit mail and um they're like collectibles that you get like in the other zones and then you bring them back to the hub and you'll find like these like houses that are like corrupted over by all this red stuff and have like a little mailbox. You can put a spirit mail in that basically like opens up the house for you to go in. And then you will like kind of either do like a puzzle or an encounter to like kind of uncorrupt the house. And as you keep doing that, that obviously opens up more areas to you to walk around in the hub and like widens it, but also like starts adding like, you know, spirits that you were helping by like returning this mail to them. And then you, as you like walk back into the hub, as you've done more and more of these, you'll start seeing others little kind of blue spirit figures, like kind of like walking around and doing day-to-day stuff. And it's, it, it, it fits that vibe of like, you're a spirit guide, like assisting mm-hmm. and kind of helping this world at the same, at the same time as you're trying to kind of do this, you do your main goal of getting to the shrine and, and everything <clears throat> and goes with like kind of like the main story, which we haven't really gotten to like, like the main parts of, of of going into the multiple areas and like they they kind of have these central kind of spirits you're helping because you essentially get a mask and like the the spirit that's lost and you're going and finding memories of like these these the the character's final moments like straight up like and again it gets into those like kind of darker and more somber elements of the game <clears throat> where you know the first character you meet is named Taro is about like him and his two younger siblings getting separated and he thought, and like they pass on cause they've gotten separated in this for whatever reason they don't, they kind of get into like the larger story that like all of these spirits, like they're kind of moments where they've, you know, died or passed on. It's kind of tied to the main kind of final events of the game. I don't know if I'll, maybe we can get into that, but not at the moment, but basically, you know, it kind of shows you the memories as you're kind of piecing back stuff and it's 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 interesting it's it's yeah and it's just it's um heard the, the word grief thrown out a lot surrounding this game yeah no mm-hmm. knowing uh, the how uh, you noted how like you see the character kenna their final like i believe uh, their final moments and how Grief plays. Grief is weird. Yeah, weird topic. It could. It's been handled not great personally, and in games, I don't think I've really seen grief handled for long games. Um, is it 
do you think do you believe it's handled well here um i'll i'll def- i'll say like from personal personally like i think that's the moments that the, this game it doesn't get into like super like pairing things again like it it is kind of like a cartoon cartoonish animated so like it's not like super it doesn't get super dark with it right like it's it doesn't show like the literal moments of these characters dying but it like it definitely very much alludes to like their spirits and like they have passed on like it doesn't shy away from like that aspect but like it doesn't it doesn't get like violent i guess and and it it definitely is about like your your kind of mission is to see these character stories out and then kind of that them kind of being like trapped by the by their grief and their past regrets and then you know it culminates in you like fight like the boss battles are generally these spirits kind of having lost and you're kind of you know saving them essentially and then and then you kind of get these scenes of like then you usually after boss you kind of see like this more elaborate scene of like here's how this all went down of like here's the scene of this like the brother and the <clears throat> the brother took his his two younger siblings out of this town that you were that you're kind of rebuilding because like you know something was clearly going wrong and like he didn't want them there and he he thought it was like what they were trying to do in the town was bad so they went off on their own but then like you know this calamity kind of strikes um in the in the in the kind of uh town in the mountain um and that kind of separates them all separates the the older brother from the the siblings and then like they kind of all get lost and the the brother's grief is kind of him thinking he kind of it was his fault that he lost them and now they're kind of you know passed on and that's kind of what he's struggling with and the whole thing is kind of them bringing that back together and you know the, in the final moments you know you, you you meet back up with him after you do the fight of uh, a boss battle and then the siblings kind of reunite together and kind of have that moment of like oh that's right maybe it wasn't on on me and it wasn't necessarily you know I wasn't necessarily at fault and there was something else, you know, larger going on. Um, and, and even in my failings, it doesn't necessarily mean like they, they, like they hate me all of a sudden. Like they, they think oh, I was, the, I was at fault. And that's kind of the first thing, you know, it's not like super heavy stuff, but it's, but it's, I think effective how they present it in the game and like within the story. And I think the main character Kana like is a good, a good kind of, um, blanking on the term but a good like uh character yeah. yeah yeah basically a character to kind of like share these stories and also like kind of give her she kind of uses a lot of her own experiences to like kind of you know talk to these characters about like hey this hey maybe you're you know you're you're being too hard on yourself because of this this and this and i think it's it's all i think it's well done in the end but it's not but it's not like i don't think they get into a lot of deep stuff because it is kind of more surface level, like sort of for children. They like kind of try and thread that line. I feel like. Yeah. I was going to make a subtle dig on AAA games. Like, yeah, they're really not that deep. And then that's my, that's my subtle dig on AAA games. Um, but is there any, do you have any final closing thoughts? Uh, can a bridge of spirits, Mike? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, I think it's an impressive game. Again, it gets come up multiple times. I think it's a very impressive game for like a first time from a studio, regardless of, you know, 
they got funding and all this other stuff. Like there's plenty of, I think, independent studios or even like non-independent studios that have gotten a bunch of funding from some kind of larger studio to do a big thing. And it's completely, you know, falls apart or is a failure or like, you know, on multiple reasons where this is like this game is a really well-made game. And I would like to see this. I will, I want to see more from the studio and I want to see, you know, I would totally be down for a Kena two or whatever they want to do next. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I think this is a game that's worth, worth people. I think it's worth people's time to check out. It's not a super long game. It's like, you can, I definitely tried to collect everything. Cause I, I'm the type of that, per, that type of person in the game. And, and it's fun to do in this game. I think if you like that kind of more third person kind of Zelda esque, uh, like action adventure game. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out. Hey, Mike, thanks for joining me to chat yeah. today about yeah. Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Um, this review discussion is on the Irrational Fashions Presents feed. It's been a long time since I've said that. <laughs> um, it's a it's very uh, very mouthy, um, but hopefully. Finger crossed. Um, please subscribe to this feed. More things will populate it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna get we're gonna get into a, hopefully. We're gonna try and get um, into some more of these style things because I think it fits better with some of the other stuff we do. Also, again, this is on our YouTube channel. Channel. Yep. Um, where you can see you can me see and Mike do viewpoints. Yep. Where there will be review discussions. Me and Mike do a lot, uh, do viewpoints. Uh, other people for <laughs> often join Mike as well. Yeah. Um, but that is it. You can find me, your host, um, on on Twitter at uh, uh, quantum underscore arbiter. I totally <laughs> blank on that because I'm thinking of Twitter so handle. many things, so many, so many usernames right now that I'm using. Um, and Mike, <laughs> where can they find you? At Mike IP underscore or rational pod. You can just follow our, our our handle and find us. And to the listener, have a great day. Have a great night. We'll see you. Bye. Oh.